Genesis chapter 39. Genesis 39. Who will still remain standing, please? Genesis 39. Genesis chapter 39. Verse 1. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard of God, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hands. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had put under his authority. All that he had, he put under his authority. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house, and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Hallelujah. Verse 21. The Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Amen. Chapter 41 verse 16. Genesis 41, 16. So Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, who jumped and then go to 33. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this and let the let him appoint officers over the land to collect one-fifth of the procedure of the land of Egypt in seven plentiful years. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Breathe upon it, O God. Grant unto our hearts understanding. Lord, speak to us. Speak specifically to us individually. Speak to us as a family in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I am nothing but a vessel in your hand. I cannot do anything of my own. I therefore submit unto you. Lord, use me. Father, speak through me. Let everything that is mine, Father, give way for yours. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. For in Jesus' wonderful name, we have prayed. In Jesus' name, we pray. Please be seated. Please be seated. This morning, I want us to be looking at what I call deviations on your way to destiny. Deviating on your way to destiny. You know you're going, you know you're, this is where you're supposed to be going. And then, before you know it, you have moved. You have decided to chart your own course, different from the course that God has given you. Different from the, the roadmap of God in your life to destiny. And that's why I looked at, I want us to look at the story of this young man called Joseph. Joseph. The story of this young man called Joseph. And from what we read, you just know that one of his, the, the biggest, one of his first problems in life that he faced was immaturity. 
as a young man, God gave him a dream, showed him where he would be taking him to, what he is supposed to do. And then he thought he was being nice. He thought it's something I could share with my brethren. And he went and told his brothers, look, this is the dream that I had. This is all that happened. And what did he get in return? His brothers sold him. His brothers sold him. They sold him and uh, sold him to people they don't even know. So that at least, rather since they were going to kill him and there was an opposition to, to killing him, they said, look, we can just sell him to people we don't know. At least we're not going to see him again. Why? Because he got his own letter. He got his own letter of where God was taking him to. They were angry with him. And then, that would have finished his destiny. That would have ended it there. But because this young man knew where he was, he knew who gave him that vision. It was not a man's vision. It was not man that was taking him to his destiny. It was God Almighty. Some few years back, I remember some few years back, uh, we had uh, a, a drama ministration here titled uh, Aroko. Aroko. Those of you that remember that administration very well, you remember the man that was supposed to go and save somebody's life. On his way to saving that person's life, he got carried away by the things, the cares of this world. He met a friend who offered him so many things. And because of that, he kept missing the boat that was supposed to take him across. Anytime they would say, go to this point, he will get to this point, he will be late. It's either he was waiting, drinking one form of alcohol or the other, or sitting and eating bread with people that he should not be. Deviating. 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 One of the most important things to realize in life is to know that you have a destiny. One of the most important things. And I believe that all of us that are seated here, we know that we have a destiny. You know that if you have a destiny. If you don't recognize you have a destiny, you would have wasted your life in foolishness. And that's why we take to different things. We say, look, this is where I know God is taking me to. And we pray and we say, this is where God is taking me to. And so if you don't realize it, then every day you fail, you know, you just fail in the things that you're doing. You just spend your life, you spend your time that you will never gain again. Not understanding destiny is to lose sight of purpose. And when you lose sight of purpose, you can never monitor success. Man's life does not consist of the, the abundance of the things that we have. It does not consist of the money, the, the cars, the houses that you have. It's in how you fulfill purpose. Is in how you get to your destination, where God wants you to get to. That is what it is. And the reason we have killings, stealings, murders, frustrations, and more among young people is because we have lost sight of purpose. We have lost sight of purpose. If you know your purpose in life, I don't think there's anyone that God had created and put in him the purpose to kill, to steal, and to do all of those destructions. But we've abandoned our purpose and then looked at other things. And that's why there's so much killing. That's why there's so much crime. There's a lot of all of these things happening. Joseph, after he was sold to, to, to the Ishmaelites, he, he had an option. Even when he was sold to the captain of the Egyptians, he had an option. Get into a place like that, he could still do all the nasty things that you can think of as a young person. Steal from the guy, you know, go and sell it out there. Tomorrow, with all that, for, for, for all he cares, nobody would have known about him today. 
Because we have a lot of that on the streets. Yeah, oh, and the excuse they come with, no, my father didn't like me, my mom didn't, oh, the society, the neighborhood I live, can't you see they hate our house, they hate the, the, all, the, all, all the reasons. But Joseph, he continued, he knew where he was going to. Destiny is to take cognizance of the fact that God put you here for a reason. That he had a purpose for your life right from when you were born. Whether you were born out of wedlock or matrimony, whether you were born on the roadside, whether you were born, whether you are still living looking for the father that, you know, was responsible for your birth, it doesn't matter how it is. You have a destiny. God has a purpose for your life. It doesn't matter the circumstance you came to this earth. The most important thing is to recognize your purpose. Know where God is taking you to. We've met people that they will tell you, look, I, I don't know. All I know is I was brought up in so-so and so-so a home. But yet they're doing, they're doing well. They are still moving towards fulfilling purpose in life. They, they don't lose sight of where God is taking them to. No matter what you do, Strive to fulfill your purpose in life. Because once you do not fulfill your purpose, once when everything you do, if you don't, do not accomplish the plan God has for you, no matter your success and the little things that you're doing of life, you would have failed. You will not be fulfilled. You just find out that you're moving. You know, there are a lot of people that have it, that think they have it all, but you just find out they are not happy. Because they are not fulfilled. They are not fulfilled. What you're doing is not, is not what God wants you to do. So it's not taking you in the direction that God wants you to be happy, to be fulfilled. So I want us to quickly look at some few things uh, that, can, that can divert our attention or deviate us from you know, our destiny, our way to destiny. Number one thing that I've written here, because what I want us to focus on today you know, is the consequences of deviation. So, but I want us to look at what are those things that can, you know, divert your attention, take you. You're going this way and then suddenly you are, you, you know, moved. One, talking about it to everyone. Joseph, if you know the story of Joseph very well, like I said earlier, that was his number one problem. Why, did, why was he so? Number one, he had issues at home. He was already a favored child. And then you had this dream. God has handed over this vision to you. He has told you where he's taking you to. And then you are telling these same people that, look, this is it. Even though if you want to say, okay, they were part of the people that helped him to fulfill destiny. But of course, he shouldn't have told them. Maybe God would have had a, a different route to take him to that place. Number two, prosperity. From the passage that we read, the Bible makes us to understand that God prospered Joseph. But Joseph did not allow that prosperity to take his attention or focus from where he was going to. At the time that he was in the house of the captain of the Egyptians, you know, he could have said, look, the man has left. The Bible said the man left everything. He did not even know anything that he had in the house except the bread that he ate. Which means it is just the food that is placed on his table daily that he knew. So Joseph was the one that was in charge. That is enough to say, after all, I'm in charge here. What else am I looking for? I'm not going anywhere. You know, a lot of times, some of us, when we get to that level, you know, we just feel, look, God, come and meet, you can come and meet me in my house. Prosperity. 
may where God takes us to or the level God has placed us to not make us lose focus of him in the name of Jesus. You know, sometimes we should change ourselves because you are thinking, imagine uh, Joseph in that house, you would have thought, oh, I've arrived, a slave, being in charge of, that's enough for me. And we should change ourselves by saying, look, what I have now is enough for me, so I want to be there. Prosperity. It just takes the focus away from us. Power. Joseph had power. He was in charge of the house. He had power. Sometimes we get to position of power and we just feel, I have it all. Yeah? You know, those days in secondary school, when we were growing, you get to form four. And then power is handed over to new set of prefects. And then you need to see the way those prefects will work. You will think they are already in form five, getting ready to leave school. That is the time, like the school I went to, that is the time you will see that, that, that prefect, some of them, because they get to that position, his khaki, he will, if, if you iron it, he will say, no, you don't know how to iron. Very. You give it to another junior student to iron until that khaki, there is what we call the ghetto. You know the way that it will stand such that the ghetto will be so, as if it's going to split your hand. Because he has what? He has reached a position of power. And when that prefect is walking, he doesn't take the normal step. He just saw that the gators of those. Why? Because he has reached a position of power. You know, some of us, when we get to one small position of power, even the queen, even the queen cannot talk to us. We feel we are even above the queen. And, and, and that is here on earth. Meanwhile, that's not where God is even taking you to. Joseph, if he had settled for that small one, may we never settle for the small things. Your physical look, the Bible tells us that Joseph was handsome. He was goodly, handsome young man. You know, some of us, you know, they say you're handsome. You are walking everywhere you are passing. You want to make the people know you are handsome. You dress and you, you know, you, you have to present, you know, that kind of thing. And every little opportunity that avails itself for you to manifest what you are carrying, manifest yourself, you will give it. I just wonder how many young people, how many, you know, how many young men will have the opportunity that Joseph had in the house of that captain. And then his wife is the one that was saying, look, I just need you. Come and lie with me. How many young people? Let's be honest. How many young people in Joseph's position? Coming, knowing where you're coming from as a slave boy. Will not take advantage of that. But the man, the Bible said day by day. It means she didn't do it once. It wasn't once. Day by day. The Bible says day by day. And on this fateful day, she came. She came close to him. The guy had to stand and tell her, look. I cannot do this wickedness. Hallelujah. I will not sin. You know, some of us, and the, and the man ran when she, attempt, she attempted to, to, to just get hold of him. He, he left. He left his coat. He left his garment and went away. After all, he can always get another garment. How many of us will have that kind of... I mean, let's... Check it. If they kind of, some of the things that we hear today of the young men that, 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 that serve mistresses or what have you. Right, because you feel you're handsome. Who gave you that? Who made you handsome? 
Have you ever thought of it that God could just bring one small accident your way and it will just disfigure your face? You wake up one morning and you see your face all over the place. The feeling of, I have it all. I have it all. So why not add? After all, Joseph had it all. So why not add the wife? Since she brought herself in. That's one of the... And then the seventh thing there is our Delilahs. Delilahs on our ways. <laughs> Delilahs on our ways. And Delilah doesn't have to be a woman. Uh, yeah, yeah, because I can see some of us are already thinking, oh, Delilah, so it only is, we're only talking of the men. No, it can even be that the choice of that drug. It can be that alcohol that you're used to. You're just thinking, oh, nobody is seeing me. Delilah can be anything. Delilah simply is just, it's just a seductive spirit. That thing that saps your energy and shaves your hair, that's Delilah. And all of us, you know, you, you just look at it, you just find out that, ah, even some of us sitting here, we're distracted by some of those Delilahs. They are just there on the way. And all they're doing, and you know, when this man, Samson, and any time I think of Delilah, I just, when I look at the story of Samson, I, the thing worries me. This man has told you, look, I want to kill you. Tell me what is the secret. What is the thing that can make me kill you and know that you are truly dead? And you're not running away. You're saying, I want to stay there. I see that happen to, you know, a lot of alcoholics or people that drink. You, the person will drink. You will drink. Thank God for saving my soul. You know, you will drink. You will drink and throw up and you will vomit all over the place. Blood inclusive and all the things. And you are, at some point you are saying, God, just help me. I won't do it again. God help me, I won't do it again. That's what we, and then you wake up the next day. Then your friends are saying, ah, oh boy, this hangover is only another pint that can quench the hangover. You that was dying and saying, God, if you help me, if you save me, I won't go back there. Delilah. Delilah. And isn't it amazing how you can com- uh, compromise so much for so little? Satan doesn't have any new tricks. He uses the same old tricks. Old tricks. His tricks revolve around the lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and pride of life. Those three things. And if you are able, if you can overcome those three, once you can overcome, you have passed in flying colors. Because nothing he will throw at you that is outside of these three things. Nothing. Once once you can watch what, you know, watch what your flesh goes after or what your eyes follow after or the pride that comes from your soul. I'm telling you, whatever Satan throws at you, you will know to tell him like Joseph, I can't do this wickedness. I can't do this wicked thing. It is a sin. It is a sin. The Bible is full of men, full of men that deviated on their way. Just in case you are thinking, okay, maybe you've gone already, thinking of all the places that it's full of men. But they, the Bible gave us example of such men so that we will learn from them. Abraham was one. He went down. He denied his wife. 
He denied his wife. He didn't. And at the end of the day, he was almost going to lose everything. He was going to lose her and possibly even lose the things that he had. Eh? Abraham, David, Bersheba was his Delilah. The man Samson himself that had the copyright to Delilah. He, Delilah was his own Delilah. Delilah. Eh? Thomas. Thomas, his Delilah, doubt. All he was going, look at John the Baptist. All that he did, he came preaching, preaching. Repent, repent, repent and be baptized. And then he got himself into prison. And then he started doubting, are you the one who is to come or should we, should we expect another? Delilah, many men of God, many men like that in the scriptures. And we see them deviate. Maybe you are sitting here, you are saying, this is my own. So, uh, no, my own is because it's a cause. Maybe you need to search again. It's probably your Delilah. Because some of us have been sitting here, oh, we're happy. But our parents or our grandparents and the rest of them, they have seen our vision. They have prayed for us. They have spoken into our lives. Yet we're saying, I have to follow Delilah. I have to follow Delilah. Why not tell somebody, please don't miss it. Please don't miss it. So staying on track. Staying on track. What does staying on track what will it do to you? Staying on track. Once you are on track, once you remain focused to where you're going to, you know what? From what we read, the Lord will always be with you. The Lord was with Joseph all through. And that was why Joseph did not leave. He did not move out of his track. When you are running a hundred meters race and you enter another person's track, what happens to you? You get disqualified. Joseph maintained his track. Stay on track. Once you're on your track, the Lord will always be with you. He promised in, in Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 6 that I will not leave you nor forsake you. Stay on track. Stay on track. Number two, God will prosper you. It is the Lord that gives us the power to make wealth. Deuteronomy, uh, Deuteronomy 8.18 it is him that gives us the power. Wherever you are, God will want to, when God has purpose for you to be in this particular, he will get you there. Just stay on track. Just stay on track. Number three, God will favor you. He will favor you from all directions. Joseph was there. God favored him. God favored him not only once. He just, favor never ceased coming to Joseph. God favored him. God will favor you. Stay on track. God will favor you. People around you will be blessed through you. Sometimes because you refuse to stay on track, you are denying others around the blessing that God wants to give to them. So you're not only denying yourself, but you're also denying others. Joseph, God blessed Joseph and blessed his master. Bless the man that he was serving. Bless everything. Everything that the man had. The Bible said God blessed. He blessed it. Just stay on track. God will bless everything. Genesis 22, 18 says, In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Stay on track. Stay on track. Number five, God will give you the boldness and strength to say no to sin. No to sin. Verse 9, how then can I do this great wickedness and sins against God? How then can I do that? Number six, your promotion will always come in a big way. 
stay on track. Joseph went down to his lowest. From standing on land right into the pit. From the pit to being a slave. And from being a slave, that wasn't even enough. Serving in his master's house, he went to prison for no, for no fault of his. But yet, from there, from prison, he became a prime minister. He became a prime minister. Just stay where you are. Stay on track. Stay where God wants you to be. And God will surely bring it to pass in your life. Look at the life of Joseph. One clear thing was that he never lost focus. He never lost focus of what he was doing. He was still serving God. He was still pursuing his vision. Everything that happened to him, he never lost sight of his vision. He never lost purpose. He never lost track of where he, God, was, where God was taking him to. In prison, he was still interpreting dreams. Wherever he was, he did not, he did not, you know, some of us would have said, look, this is one trouble too many. I won't do it again. I won't. Uh, if you, they come say, oh, we had you can interpret dreams. You say, that was before I stopped doing it. He was still interpreting dreams. And his turnaround came. Look at when his turnaround came. God put in him the solution to the problem. And he was the only person qualified for that office that was to solve the problem that was on ground. You know, not only did he have discerning spirit, and not only was he wise, because those were the things, isn't it? But they said, somebody with the spirit, discerning and wise, and filled with the spirit of God. Now they searched the entire land. No one qualified except him. If you stay on track, you know one thing, you know, Sometimes I, I look at it and I say, look, a lot of times we are the ones that just miss it big time. When we live where God wants us to be, you just find out that that company that you are the one that holds the solution, that company that is waiting to even sell and say, look, for, not, they say, for this solution you are giving to us, you become a board member. You, come, you become a director. How much shares do you want us to sell? And then you just find out that one little thing. And that's us off. May that never be our portion in Jesus' name. And may God always bring in us that solution that will solve problems. And when it comes, we will be the only ones qualified. Now, to the last place that I said I wanted us to talk about. The consequences of deviating. What is the, what is the, 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 the punishment? What is... what? When you run and leave where you are supposed to be, what happens to you? Judges chapter 16. I would have loved us to read verse 16, uh, uh, 20 to 30. But I'm seeing we are already running out on time. But it's about a, ma- a young man called Samson. Samson. And he got himself involved with one woman called Delilah. And on this fateful day... Uh, after he had told her one of the secrets again, and then she shaved his head. And she called, she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. And that fateful day, he woke up and discovered that he couldn't go out again. The power, everything had left him, everything. And then he found himself, you know, they put out his two eyes, put him in prison. Someone as mighty as Samson was not only in prison, but he was grinding 
Hallelujah. From a mighty man up there to somebody grinding. Consequences of deviating. Number one consequence, losing control. When you lose your place, when you deviate from where God is taking you to, you lose control. They took him, Samson, Samson, mighty man like Samson, they took him, took that man. Somebody who was used to being in control, they were now controlling him. He lost control. He needed someone to lead him even on his way. He lost control, total control. There was no way in the world that anyone would have been able to take Samson if he had not fooled himself around with Delilah. Nowhere. Somebody that will just all of a sudden clear how many people. And then this was him losing total control. And then sometimes the things that we do, the things that we buy with our own monies become our Delilah. And before we know it, we lose control to those things. Things that you use your own money to buy and put in your pocket is suddenly trusting you about, controlling you, remote, you know, just sitting there and controlling you because you have moved. Once you find yourself there, it means you've lost control. You've lost control of where God is taking you to. Number two, loss of vision. They put out his eyes. When you deviate, you lose vision. And that's the thing that the devil will like to see that happens to you. So that you just lose your vision. He wants you to lose vision. Apart from losing control, he is very happy you lose your vision. Without vision, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 29, 18, that what happens, the people perish. Without vision. When you don't have a vision, where are you heading to? Where are you going to? And we see it even happens in church. Sometimes you get up, we're all over the place, you know, we're talking the talk, but we're not doing the work that we're supposed to do. Talking the talk, but not the works. We just lose vision. We lose vision. May we never lose our visions in the name of Jesus. Because the loss of vision takes your hope away from you. It takes your hope out of your life. It takes gleam out of your, your relationship, out of your life, out of your relationship, out of your marriage. It just takes excitement out of everything that you do. When you don't have vision, let's hold on to the vision that God has given us. And let's go. When you don't, when you don't have vision, who can you lead? Even the way you are. You just find out as a husband, who can you, you've lost your vision. Which family are you leading? You don't pray, you don't study, you don't do. How do you want to come and lead others? How do you want to lead others? May we never lose visions in the name of Jesus. May we never lose our visions in the name of Jesus. May the devil never cheat us that way. We can take it back. But you can only take back what you can see. I pray that today, somebody's vision will be restored to him or her. In the mighty name of Jesus. Number three, the loss of position. The Bible said they brought him down. When you lose, when you go out of where God wants for you to be, the devil brings you down. And he's not bringing you, because when God brings you down, it's because he wants to lift you, high, lift you higher. But when the devil brings you down, it's because he wants to mock you, he wants to make chest of you. They brought Samson down. They brought him down. Avoid anything or anybody or any association that will want to bring you down. I tell you, how do you know this is an association, this is somebody who wants to bring me down? You know by where the person is taking you to. You're a child of God. You're going to, you have this association. And every now and then, the person is saying, ah, you're calling the person, where are you? I'm coming to your place. Say, ah, meet me at this pub. Every now and then, meet me at this place. And then how long will you continue to go there? 
avoid such association. Cut off from those kind of things. Associations that you know, you know exactly where it's leading you. You know that the end of it is destruction. Avoid them. Avoid it. Uh, for some of us, like I said earlier, some of us have gone too close to hell that we came back and our clothes were, were smelling of smoke. So it's dangerous for you to think you want to go back there. You don't want to go back. It's better for me to go higher. Just go up there alone. Let it be lonely for me there. Go than going back. Oh, I'm not sure you understand. May we never find ourselves in such associations in the name of Jesus. Samson found himself there. And Paul said it. Nothing, nothing on this earth, nothing will separate me from this love of Debts, anything, whoever, wherever it is, now that I found myself on track, nothing. May that always be our prayers. That nothing will separate me, nothing will take me away from this thing in the name of Jesus. Number four, lust of mobility. The Bible says Samson was bound with fetters. That he was bound with fetters. Anytime you find yourself being restricted, anytime you find yourself, you know, sitting, you want to worship, you can't worship. You want to praise, you can't praise. Others are lifting holy hands and praising. And you are just feeling macho. You are just feeling, it's not that you are feeling macho. I tell you something, the likelihood is that you have been bound by the enemy. Uh, you're just feeling macho. You can't feel macho for God. David, who said, can you be more macho than David? Man of war. He fought battles, his hand full of, yet he danced, he worshipped God until his clothes fell off him. Lost of mobility. Don't lose your mobility. Once you find yourself there, please, you need to, to come to the altar of God and say, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Know that the devil has chained you. Know that he has chained, chained you. Please come back. Please come back. A lot of people, you don't, don't, miss, don't miss out of that. In worship, in praise, many things happen. Many things happen. When you learn to praise God, when you don't feel too big before him, and worship him, and just bow, and give all to him, great things happen. And the, the fifth thing, number five, the fifth thing there is lost of status. He found himself grinding in prison. A mighty man like Samson, a mighty man that had God's calling upon his life. That was him doing the menial things in prison. That was him doing the menial things instead of doing the mighty things. You could be sitting here and then you're doing the menial things instead of doing the mighty things. Sincerely, there's nothing wrong in doing the menial things. If you are called to do the menial things. But if you are called to do the mighty things, what business do you have doing the menial things? I know of a, of, a, of a person, I've met him once. The day they said that thing to us, of course, they, we, we saw him. And he said to a man of God, I know my call, I know my purpose. When the man of God was saying, I think it's time for you to go and look for something else to do. Because he felt he was too qualified and he has stayed with him for long. What did the man say? He said, no, I know my purpose. I have been called to drive you. The man, as at the time they were telling us, he was already a board member on like 15 companies. A driver. Because he knew his purpose. So there's nothing wrong in doing menial. But what is wrong is if you are not called to do the menial ones and you, are, you bring yourself from doing the mighty. And that was where Samson found himself. He lost status. Joseph lost his status, but he did not allow that to affect him. He knew where he was going to. And when God lifted him, check out what happened to Joseph. 
Even his father and his, those, his brothers that didn't want to see, all of them bowed before him. They fulfilled what he told them right from when he was a young person. May we never lose our status in the mighty name of Jesus. May we go out there and grab the enemy by the neck and fight and collect all that he has taken away from us rather than leaving him to cheat us. And you know the thing is, when you lose your status, you know, you argue, you, you, you just get it. You go around in cycle. You're just going around there in that cycle. And then you're arguing that you know the place. It happens to us men, especially. You're telling you, we are going, to, so we are going somewhere. You're telling you, I know the place. Meanwhile, you've lost the place. You've lost. You are, you are rude. You've gone around here. You've seen that burger boss. You saw the man standing there to buy the burger. And then you came around again. That was the man eating the burger. And then you go around and you come back again. That's the man binning the papers from the You know for sure you've been going around in cycles. You've lost it. Don't let the devil cheat you to go around in cycles. In the name of Jesus. And today I want to encourage us. Maybe you are there. Maybe you've lost focus. Maybe you've moved away from where God has placed you. Maybe you've missed your journey to your destiny. Thank God. We still have eight days or so, or nine days, to round up the fast. Hallelujah. Thank God for his promises. God will give you strength to bounce back. In the name of Jesus. Because that's his promise to us. He said he will give us strength. God will give you that strength that you need to stand. In the name of Jesus. So maybe you've not been fasting and praying with us. Today receive strength in the name of Jesus. Start today. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how late. It is the mind. Start today. The grace to do it, God will give to you. In the name of Jesus. God has promised us fullness. Maybe it's because of you God says this year is our year of fullness. Don't let that pass you by. You've gone away. Come back. Come back. Come back. Come back to him. Don't let the devil reduce you to anything more than what God has said for you to be. And the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Rise with me and let us pray. When you pray, uh, the spirit that was upon Joseph that uh, made him to remain focused, that God will release such anointing upon me in addition to the anointing that he has given me in the name of Jesus. I want us to pray the first prayer point. Father, open my eyes to see my purpose in life in the name of Jesus. Let us pray. Let us pray. Open my eyes, O oh God, to see my purpose. Whatever my purpose is, if I have moved away from that purpose, open my eyes to see it, O oh God. Open my eyes to see my purpose. To see, O oh Lord, where why you have created me. To see where you are taking me to. If you already know your purpose, if you already know why your, your purpose here on earth, why not pray? That same prayer and say, Lord, help me to fulfill purpose. Help me to remain on track. Help me to fulfill purpose. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. I want us to pray. Father, let us pray. You don't want to pray. I can pray it for myself and I know where God is taking me to. Father! destroy all obstacles on my way to the, but the fullness of my destiny in the name of Jesus. Destroy every obstacle. Every obstacle on my way to fulfilling my destiny. Every 
obstacle, Lord, destroy it. Destroy it. Every Delilah on the way, Father, destroy. Every Delilah, bring her to captivity. In the name of Jesus, destroy, destroy, destroy. Destroy every chain, every Delilah, every chain holding me back. Father, destroy it. Destroy it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. I want us to pray. Lord, wherever I have lost my position, restore me to a higher one. In the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, wherever I have lost my position, restore me to a higher one. Restore, restore me, O Lord, to a higher one. Restore me, O Lord, restore me to a higher position. Lord, where I have lost it, Lord, bring me back on track. And restore me, not to the place that I left, but Lord, to a higher position. Restore me to a higher place, O Lord. In Jesus' name.